On today's episode of Homo Superior, we're going to review House of X number one, which just came out. We're super excited about it. We're going to talk about the X-Men news we got from San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to do a little recap analysis of Age of X-Men, talk about Legion episode five, as well as a couple other comics. This is Homo Superior. Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Homo Superior. Superior. Issue Ugh. 99. We're almost there, guys. We are so Wait, so Adam's not going to be here for 100? No. Yeah. Wait, is oh, we do it completely out on Wednesday as well? Mm, I think he's here on Wednesday. Well, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Why don't we text him now on podcast? Okay. Hey, Adam, what are you doing? Yeah. Adam, remember if you're listening, when we, Remember text when us. I called in? Maybe right. Adam, can, we can Adam, call Adam. Adam, you up. <laughs> W-Y-D. Yeah. <laughs> I will never text him that. <laughs> Piss. Yeah, he's always down. That's why. Um, but issue 99, man, I'm, that's so awesome. And then, uh, House of X came out. Uh, it is the dawn of a new What's era of House X-Men. of X? Uh, it is the dawn of a new era of X-Men. It's Jonathan Hickman's premiere issue, uh, uh, of his run on X-Men, which is gonna last at least a few years, hopefully more. Uh, hopefully it doesn't end. Hopefully it never ends. My god, that'd be great. Uh, this feels as significant to me as uh, Grant Morrison's first issue of New X-Men way back in 2001, uh, which is still my favorite era of the X-Men. But, man, what an issue. What did you guys think? Um, I'm loving the sassy gay Charles Xavier, who is standing and doing very mm. effete walks throughout yeah. all of uh, Krotoa. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, to me, it just feels like a good issue. His, so I don't his feel headdress the weight great. of this yet. Okay, so category is telepathy. Um, you know what he reminded me of? Uh, somebody mentioned this on Twitter. Is the Maker uh, from the yeah, Ultimate Universe? He looks exactly like him. Yeah, yeah the evil Reed the, Richards from the Ultimate Universe. Oh, I did get that vibe. Yeah, I was like, who's the Maker? Is going to be an FF as as of the October solicitations. Oh, Future Foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it's the comics just going to be called FF. FFU. Oh. FF now? Mm, That's the yeah. app, right? Yeah. Um, so what did you think, Clark? You're an X-Men aficionado like the rest of us. I liked it. You liked it. All right. <laughs> That's where we're going to get. That's all you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, I'll I get really, into it more later. I really liked it. Um, I think it was well-paced. I, it left you very confused, which is kind of nice in an X-Men comic. Yeah. Um, and they incorporated it a lot. And it truly does feel like a new beginning. And we're leaving all of the terrible stuff behind, which I really like. I just like how Hickman just throws everything out at you. And he's like, "These I'm seeding a million things at once. And some of this might come up for two years. I like that pun, seeding a lot of things at once. And it's about semen. Porn pun. Well, that semen and plants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stamens and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Love that stamen. Ah, They don't. They have stamina. What were you saying, Ryan? It's the book. You know what it is? It's the book that you want to read if you like charts. You know what I mean? Like, if you like... I love it. I love love it. Me too. If you were the kid who enjoyed... Uh, reading the maps on Lord of the Rings. Loved it. You're gay now. <laughs> now my favorite thing is the first two pages of any book like that, because all I do is look at the maps for a million years. Uh, I love all the back matter stuff, like even in Watchmen, like all the appendices, like that's the stuff I really like sunk my teeth into. So I love that kind of stuff. But and I kind of like it when it's uh, very mysterious for a while, and then you get some clarification like in East of West. Yeah. Where you don't really understand what's happened or the history, and then they give you just a little bit, so you keep going and keep buying But this is going to be a million times faster than East of West, which is 
fucking slow as all hell. That's very true. Impossible. Twelve issues in, I gave up because it was like so piecing things to the degree that I wanted to die. Well, it also um, like Hickman loves uh, starting with like two series that sort of intertwine with each other, almost like two vines going around each other. Like he did that with Avengers and New Avengers, what four, five, six years ago. He did that with Fantastic Four and FF, which came up a little bit later. He did it with his two children. It's amazing how he does. Oh, he really intertwined them together, Sarah and John. They are the same person. So I got charts everywhere. So I got a few questions that I. the issue doesn't answer, but I want us to speculate on. Um, so the first let's one, go through the issue first, though. Oh, yeah, okay, that's right. dumb. Yeah, Ryan, do you want to give us a quick recap? Yeah, so we get sort of like this weird, ominous uh, being born uh, X Men, and Charles is just sort of standing in front of them, weirdly. Um, th- they're being born out of like fucking tree eggs. Remember that? That was yeah. Strange. No, I I'm yeah. Looking at it. Um, and then we they got some Matrix cells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Then we uh, then we get to see a little bit of them all planting these gateways. We get a little description of what the gateways all mean and what they do. They start to guide these people through a bunch of different organizations in the Marvel Universe. Through Krakoa, we find out there's a mysterious language and just also this new amnesty that they're working with. Yeah. And then also there's a big plan from Xavier where we see that he actually is trying to incentivize the human race to bring this as a sort of its own state by giving them this weird sort of three medicine cure for the humans. Very strange. Yeah, I mean, it's not that's more to me. I think it's the uh, like a makes the pill easier to swallow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they are declaring the planet is ours. We're yeah. letting you have the rest of it. Also, we're going to give you five extra years of life and tons of antibiotics uh, so you can enjoy that. You can take that back to your home country and accept that a little bit easier. But no matter what, this isn't a negotiation. This <laughs> island is ours. Yeah. Uh, Magneto made that very clear that they are the new gods now. And uh, we also get uh, it looks like more of the conflict will be rather than mutant versus mutant. It will actually be mutant race versus the human race. Yeah. And we see a quick glimpse of the Orcus Forge, which is um, this sentinel in space. Uh, this weird sentinel space head that's um, what they've labeled the mother mold. Was that a... And they were using Saul's hammer. Did you notice that with all the mm-hmm. panels? Like, that's from uh, Hickman's Avengers run yeah. uh, they, that Iron Man created. In one to... of the charts, they said all this, like, used information. It's really cool. They yeah. have something also called damage control, which is, like, all the Marvel Universe, like, different secret organizations, ba- like, sort of all of their info together. Huh? Yeah. Oh, but based on the name for the other damage control. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was confused by that because I thought, is this the actual damage control or was it just like just the nom de guerre of this of this like sort of like information I don't really sharing? know because some of the stuff, I, yeah, I, we'll need more clarification. Well, there was some, uh, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, it's a coalition of organizations, one of which was Hydra. Yeah. Which I'm like. And AIM was the one that had the highest percentage. Yeah, AIM, because it's all the technology from AIM, yeah. advanced idea and all, mechanics. Also, this is because Hickman really made AIM more relevant, especially with Sunspot. So they, yeah, they, and Avengers, so for they, sure. Of course, he was like, uh, that, they're the, the most powerful. It's smart on the, his well, part. This is Hickman bringing a lot of his S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in there, too. For sure. Um, like, his first Marvel comic was Secret Warriors, which was, like, Nick Fury's um, team that in, 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 uh, introduced Daisy, right? Quake. Yep, Quake. Uh, uh, who ended up becoming a pretty significant part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on, on ABC. Um, 
Unfortunately. So then they have a, a little bit of a clash with the Fantastic Four, um, and then uh, Cyclops gives some uh, harsh words, but then, not to be outdone, Magneto gives even harsher words and becomes a basic Nazi at the end. Uh, no, he doesn't. He A basic Nazi in Israel? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Well, they said something to the effect of, like, you Being know what you're acting like. Sound. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. sounded... And we could exterminate you. Yeah. <laughs> sounded Nazi-esque. Um, we haven't done it in a while, mm. but gay talk, uh, Magneto's outfit. Do we like it? Yeah, I, I liked it when it was when he last had it. The white what one? series was that? Yeah. Uh, it was Magneto, the series Magneto. I just Magne- don't remember. Yeah, Cullen Bunn series yeah. Magneto. And then he had it a bit oh, a lot for that, too. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, to me, it feels like one of the extra options you would pick if uh, if Magneto was like in Super Smash Bros, and you're like, oh, this is a weird side color. This will distinguish me. Yeah, no, he did wear it once, but it does look fucking strange. Well, also Hickman sort of described like someone asked him uh, a bunch of weeks ago, like, what? Why did you choose these outfits? And his response was like. Well, you know, like, the X-Men have so many different outfits. They just, like, pick whatever they want from their closet and just wear it. So his description I mean, is... Magneto used to go to Miami all the time to go <laughs> fucking roll on some E. Yeah, it's yeah. the white party. It's white party <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> I like Cyclops' outfit is so Fantastic Four-y in terms of, like, the exact the black blue. and blue. The that black and blue. He's literally in the same scene with them, and he looks like he's part of the team. Totally, yeah. yeah. Except for his... um. His 1990s giant pocket belt. And then Jean Grey decided to go very retro and in her she's mini going skirt. And going by Marvel Girl. Yeah. Again. Well, strange. You know, well, she can't be Phoenix anymore. Thank God. So you brought this up, Kalen. You think it's a sort of a merger of Xavier and Magneto's dream together? But it's like takes parts from other X-Men stuff in the past. It does. I feel like it's definitely like it's Magneto's sort of s- separation from humanity. But it's sort of... Xavier's we're not going to rule above them we're going to be like we're going to live like peacefully but we've got our own space it also feels like it's building on things we've seen in previous X-Men runs including Cyclops's Utopia even Magneto's Genosha back in the late 90s which got destroyed um and I'm wondering if they're like basically saying was Magneto right ultimately is like that is that like the like the sort of the mission statement of the series I've said that for years well, yeah, I know you have, but... Well, I'm, isn't this going to end up being like Genosha? Like, well, blow up? Yeah, aren't they going to just destroy that's, that's it? What the, no, that's why Pox is going to happen. Which, it's, it's all about the, them ending. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the before and the after. It's yeah. like the multi-generational story. It's... I'm interested. I do like the, uh, the whole Cyclops Fantastic Four... <laughs> Interaction? Know, yeah, discussion. The, just like... Uh, yeah, hard line negotiation. And then Cyclops like, you can have him. You can we'll have get Saber him back too, later. Man. We'll yeah, deal with him exactly. later. And then basically he says, your son, who's an Omega level mutant, which we'll yes. get to in a second, he's welcome with his family anytime. I'm like, oh, and also, I mean, speaking of like, you know, Homeland. Is he technically a mutant? Yeah. No, oh, Franklin okay. Richards is very much a mutant. I thought it was, okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah. And also, I mean, like the, the very blatant analogy Using the setting of Israel, I mean, come on, that is that is not accidental. Not even on the nose. That it's is like so in the, the nose. nose. It's, yeah. in the, it's in the nostril. A little racist with the Israel connection. <laughs> I, I, I don't think the, it's. I, I think it's factual. But <laughs> oh wow, the nose. Uh, I just oh, bring up any, any of them that were important in, throughout the years. What do you mean? Any country, any region, anything 
important to the X-Men lore. I think that's part of it, but I think it's also, I mean, Israel being created oh, as a home, yeah, I mean, yeah. as a homeland for, you know, Jewish people, like, this is, this is clearly, like, the analogy that Hickman is going for. Uh, I do like all the plants. Yeah. All the, not the, not the orchids. Oh, yeah, the like people. all the plants. Who are not skilled enough to fight? Oh, plants! Uh, the plants, oh. the plants, the people who are supposed to be Planted negotiating. In, yeah, yeah. The the like fake ambassadors. Oh yeah. yeah, and then it's just revealed. Oh no, phony, phony. Yeah, uh, he has a gun. Deal yeah. with it. They, yeah, they're only for self defense. Yeah, that's what they all say. Yeah, yeah. They're all very spooky right now. All the mutants collectively are acting cray together. Um, I mean, is this just because they're born from the same life tree that Charles created? They're at not some point? born from it. I'm pretty well. I they mean, might well, be. I'm pretty sure these are mutants that didn't yet turn, and they're just shoving them in ahead of time. I mean, that might be it. But also, um, I mean, like even Cyclops is acting like a little like off, cold. Yeah, it's but he's cold, but like creepily friendly. Like the the thing that you mentioned, Brent, about him basically saying. Uh, Sabretooth, oh yeah, just keep them, we'll get them later. I'm like, that's really both dismissive and ominous. It's the first time I've liked Cyclops. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, I lo- yeah. Well, it's because you dealt with him during Rosenberg, which was garbage. Nah. But he's also dealt with him like during Bun and like, um, you know, other Googs. series. Wait, was he in Wait, Googies? Googies. Yeah. He wasn't in Googies. You mean the, the baby Cyclops at that point. Oh, baby Cyclops. Yeah, yeah there was could, no, the other yeah, one was oh, already dead when he... Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Googs, uh, I mean, not Googs, Rosenberg brought him back. Yeah. yeah. So we, um, so we get sort of the idea, like, obviously they're going to establish themselves as a separate nation. And then this drug is supposed to sort of emphasize that. We have not talked about what? Yes. the actual classification of Omega level mutants. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, is a actually huge defined, thing. he defined it so well. This I thought. is huge. It brings so much to light. Um, it disproves some Omega theories out there, and it completely says some are and some aren't. Which which so, theories does it disprove? So uh, a lot of theories thought like uh, Forge was a Omega level mutant. He is not. They since said that. Yeah, and it never specifically said in all the comics that Magneto or Storm were Omega. Yeah, level. yeah. They, everyone always said she was like Alpha level which, mutant. Which yeah, and actually Storm was referenced a lot as Alpha level, which uh, is stupid. They've got this uh, uh Google So there's a group Google of Sheets 14 whole thing where they're like listing all the mutants and what their alias is and then like their alliance. Oh, I love the spreadsheet. I, good I, know, I didn't even know I, Exodus would be one either. Yeah. That's well, really cool. Um, I so love that. It's, oh, it's like Exodus. half X-Men and then half all of their worst enemies. Yeah. We have Proteus. You have Legion. You have uh, Exodus. You have obviously Magneto. Was you, Apocalypse Legion. on that list? No, Apocalypse is not. Um, but he keeps showing up in a lot of these promos. So I'm wondering if he's actually classified as one and they like later add him to no. the list. You don't maybe, think? maybe not. But okay. So, so oh, for the sorry. definition for everybody who's listening, the way that Hickman is defining Omega level is that there is no being or no thing on in the world that is more powerful in that specific power set. So there is nobody that can control magnetism better than Magneto. Wait, I thought it was that there is no. no they upper have unlimited p- yeah, potential wrong. with it. That is so. Like suppose. Oh, then I got like, like, okay. because two people have uh, uh, telekinesis. Yeah, uh, unlimited power with that. So it's they. So like they, they could Gray, be multiple ones. Jean Grey. So like Exodus I, might have been bested by a telekinesis earlier. 
But she does not have an upper limit on her power. So no matter what, as time T approaches infinity, wait a minute, that person will always win. No, they. The way he said it was that she is an omega level for her telepathy. Yeah, but there is. But there is. I said it wrong. But yeah, just telepathy. Yeah, but telepathy. But telekinesis. There are people who are better than her at telekinesis. Correct. So so it's a single issue. A single, single power, power set. Oh, Jamie Braddock was one too. That's yeah. another quasi. Oh yeah, villain. and I just love how many fucking sons and uh, sons are on this list. They have Legion, which is the son of Xavier. They oh. they have Proteus, which is the son of Moira. Moira. Um, they have Braddock, which is sort of just the sibling of like Betsy. Yeah. It's a. They what? have Hope Summers. Hope Summers. Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't really know her family she's an adopted daughter of cable um oh, her parents she exploded when she oh, was born to and Nicole. you have uh you have vulcan we are gabriel summer cyclops yeah. brother corsair's son so many siblings um really interesting yeah. i i could talk about omega shit forever i love it so much what do you think about everybody being resurrected like even both zorns are around um give me more zorns um they're just hanging out. You're Zorny for Zorn. Like, like I, I, I am. Yeah. Which I didn't um, see until I literally looked right now. Yeah. Uh, I like Zorn, but... Everybody. I, every it, single Morrison creation is back. It kind Correct. of... To me, the the weirdness of the characters yeah. seems like, oh, maybe some of the ones that were gone are being recreated in their image. And that's that they're fun. not That's like, a good point, yeah. They're not the same one as before. They've got some of the similar characteristics, but perhaps maybe they just believe in the magneto uh xavier vision for and they're kind. they're coming from the the trees the pods that we see at the very beginning right yeah i love the i love the mission statement of uh saying omega level mutants uh their main goal is to maintain these omega level mutants uh it says to to protect and nurture its greatest natural resource omega level mutants there's so many parallels with morrison's first issue um in this book, they basically said that the human race could be extinct within 20 years or yeah. it could be completely replaced. In Ten Morrison's run, in the first issue, he said five years. Oh, really? And then uh, the Sentinels, a different version of the Sentinels being like the uh, sort of the antagonist that uh, the human humans are basically making. In Morrison's run, it was Cassandra Nova who we were introduced to with the uh, the nanobite, the nanobite uh, Sentinels that right. would like go into yeah. like the bloodstreams. Loved it. And then this one is like the sort of what do they call it? Like mother mold, uh, the one out in space. Mother mold, yeah. Uh, mother, mother, mold. call me mother mold. Um, mother mold wouldn't be happy about this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's but I I like it because even in those different eras and all those different ones, like they still it was still mutant versus mutant the entire time. Yeah. So they basically are uh, making this actual humans versus mutants. I like that. Fuck humans. One last thing I want to say mm-hmm. uh, is yeah. that I love the kind of Moby Dick style informational bursts in the middle where oh, it's certainly. just explaining stuff. Yeah. But what I love the most is how they picked the style for their like insignia and the Krakoan language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that I like. I like the House of X. X more seeing the way that this all looks together. It's um so it's apparently Krakoan, but if you read any previous like Hickman stuff, all of his like symbols and weird stuff all look like the this. Same, yeah. This could basically be called Hickmanism yeah. or something like that. Like H- Hickman. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like he, 
this runs through just about all his other stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, and even back from his like uh, image days when he did like nightly news and Red Mass to Mars uh, and Pax Romano. Pax Romano was the first thing of his I ever read, and it fucking blew me away. It's is so that good. him retroactively like claiming all that stuff as being part of like some underlying mutant language that? No, I, it's just the way that he presents information. He loves utilizing graphics and or infographics specifically uh, to be able to use that as exposition within his books. That's so, just how we think. I it helps organize my thoughts when I'm reading it too. So I really like it. I, I always forget that he started off as an artist first before he was a writer, and so that's the way he kind of he he thinks about stuff in a visual language, which is really cool. We should give props to um, <laughs> the art in this because. It's, it's conveying so much emotion, like, and it was really well done. Pepe Larraz is a great artist, and I think he elevated his craft in this issue. He did the Extinction miniseries late last year, if you remember. Oh. Uh, I wish I didn't. Um, um, it was pretty, though. It, the art was nice, but he's definitely gotten a lot better. Like, totally. Uh, it's, it's very clear that uh, he's he bringing a his A-game. I think they had a lot of, like, runtime for this, so he got to really concentrate on it. It so looks I got really a, good. So I got another question. Um, clearly, because they brought in Fantastic Four, we, as we talked about before, and all, like, the various uh, organizations as part of the, uh, uh, the uh, Orcus. Um, in Hickman's runs on Avengers and New Avengers, clearly he was building to something. First, it was to Infinity, which a lot of those elements were used in Infinity War and in Endgame. Uh, and then... Uh, Ultimately, Secret Wars, which was like Marvel's like biggest crossover in years and probably the best one. Do you feel like they're building up to something like that again in a few years? A, of course. A, a greater conflict between the other heroes and X-Men again, which we've seen before, but hopefully a much more interesting one. Totally, yeah. Um, I think they would be silly. They don't introduce the Fantastic Four in the first issue to say that there's not some problems with yeah. the rest of the world. Having the moral center of Charles Xavier basically taking Magneto's side that we're better than them and we don't need to take any shit from them whatsoever. And then you've got him being creepy and wearing like a dancer's outfit in 1980s New York. It's uh, gorgeous. Pose. To me, the claim of them being gods is the most confident I've seen the X-Men like portrayed. So like, you're proud of them. They're not trying to. Like, I am. They're I not trying too. to exist <laughs> yeah. with other people. They're telling other people you have to exist with us. It really makes you think gay people should do the same thing and I'm just look straight ready. people in the face. Say you are inferior to us. Our outfits <laughs> are the same. White cape. Black dress pants. Guys, Why guys, am I wearing it this better? This is not our pride issue. We did that back in June. That's why I'm wearing all yellow today. Yeah. yeah I wish you wouldn't. Uh, yeah. And a Kermit the Hat I just noticed. Oh, it is a Kermit the Hat. And um, I've got Mickey in my chest. <laughs> it's a, every whore. time you walk in, it's like a color wheel. Yeah. Yeah, that's my goal. But like you fell into one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like his clothes fell into the vat. I, the yeah, Joker I was went say, into. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my goal. Are you going to do primary colors next week? You're I've second. done primary colors multiple times. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, <laughs> one, yellow pants done, work perfectly. Oh, yellow is primary, primary color. color. You're right. You're right. I was thinking green. He's also green. done primary pl- uh, patterns: solid, plaid, polka dot. He's got them all. Oh no, I definitely have that. Splattered I was blood. Yeah. Socks yesterday with plaid. <laughs> so much blood. And stripes. Your ability to max pa- uh, mix patterns, not max mix patterns, is dizzying and also effective. Yeah, that's my plan. You scare us. Mm? You scare us. I'm spooked by you. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Uh, what, what, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we'll get, we'll do it in the coming weeks. I do have one last question. I'm sorry. Because uh, no, we, we talked about like them being gods, and it's the last line. Magneto's last line as he's looking over his shoulder. Are we going to see groups of 
people worshiping X-Men. A and thousand percent. And yes. Yeah. I think you will have like super fanboys and like girls that are out there just like being like in waiting in front of like these portals being like, yeah, let me in. Like, like I think, it'll, acolyte, get, I yeah. think it'll get fanatical where like people are trying to date mutants just so they can try to get into the point. It's going to get out get mutant kids. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful for that kind of thing. Like, That'd be kind of cool. And like Blade. We saw like humans who wanted to be, be vampires. Yeah. And so yeah. they're like, but they're still considered like second class citizens in that world. Yeah. Uh, having these fanatical humans who just want to be like servants to the mutant gods would be really interesting. Well, it's like, it's like John Sublime in the Morrison run who was like wanted to be a mutant and like all the U men yeah. who like were basically grafting like mutant limbs and like their other like vestiges uh, to like be able to like turn into mutants. I would. Love to see that. I think that's a cool direction to bring it in, especially with like the way f- fucking society is today with like yeah. being super fans, and, or it's just like straight girls and gay guys. They uh, be us. yeah, especially after RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, should we talk about some of the news that we got for the X Men books as a result of San Diego Comic Con? Yes. Let's. So there, the, a lot of news came out. Obviously, we're going to do a side one with San Diego Comic Con of all the movie and TV stuff that came out. But in terms of comics, specifically X Men comics, a lot of news came out of there. Um, so after uh, after these six issues of Hawks and Pox are done, it will lead into Dawn of the X-Men. Mm. This era will be filled with uh, at least two books uh, that are done by Hickman. One is simply titled Hickman. Mm. I mean, <laughs> shouldn't he just name it Hickman? No, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's just called X-Men. And then the other one that he's writing in the beginning, and then it'll probably go to Ed Brisson, is called New Mutants. Mm. So. So obviously mm-hmm. a new take on that. We have the Marauders, which oh my is God. wait, what was that pronunciation? <laughs> there are seven R's in that. Marauders, the Marauders, the Marauders. That's going to be done by Jerry Dugan. Uh, we have uh, a revamp of Excalibur by Teeny Howard. So little. Um, <laughs> She's doing um, Stormfront. Uh, like and Strike Force. That's what I meant. I like Big Howard. What is, what, uh, DC, yes. Yeah, stri- stri- yeah Strike Force. We'll go into them. Um, X-Force, which is going to be done by Benjamin Percy. And then Fallen Angels. Um, sounds cool. Uh, by Brian Edward Hill. And then, obviously, Does they have a company. serial killer? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> when you have three names, you're most likely a serial yeah. killer. So let's talk a little bit about the teams that are part of it. And I think totally. it's interesting that they're all team books and no solo books yet. Think KK breakdown. Are we going to do it with the order of what we just said? Yeah, why don't we do it? So we'll start with X Men. Obviously, X Men was just. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's that's the that's the flagship. Obviously, Cyclops is shown. X Men is team. outrageous. It's all Cyclops and a little bit of Wolverine. Well, it, so it, it's, Hickman said there's going to be 95 mutants. Like in 92. the series, ninety-two. He said ninety. Ooh, I thought he bitch, said ninety-five, and then he said ninety-one. Uh, um, ninety-two heroes, and then ninety-one villains will be involved in this. What? Exactly. What? <laughs> that seems like so. It's a not a very specific. There amount. are a lot That's of also, villains. It's also a little bit weird that he's counting. I do it sometimes. Okay. Well, the, <laughs> the cover is Cyclops and Wolverine, but you've got Jean Grey, Rachel Grey, Cable. Havoc, Vulcan, Sarah. So it's like the Summers and Gray families combined. Plus Wolverine. And Fly Wolverine. Corsair Airlines. So I, I'm wondering if Mr. This Sinister has to show up in totally. that. For sure. Since that's his like boner for those two. For sure. Um, yeah, I 
I wasn't excited to this team, I will say. I am excited. Why? But it's it's uh, when it's, it's some of the most boring people altogether. It's oh Cyclops and Cable and of course I'm just not Yeah, ex- but like that's how you make a fun podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I got time for that joke. Um but I mean it just it looks kind of boring. Throw in someone that's unique. No, I'm really into this. I think it's going to be interesting just to deal with the full families together. Yeah, I'm and actually, Wolverine. I, I'm definitely. <laughs> I mean, he is the crazy uncle that keeps trying to hit on mom, right? Um, a couple people online um, d- added like different people instead of Wolverine. Yeah, like Adam Extreme. Because remember yes. the theory yes. that Adam Extreme was, was the third Summer's of, brother. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I saw. And so was Gambit. Wasn't he a theory? The theory was him as well. Probably in terms of Hickman shows that they will not be. Yeah. No. No. Uh, absolutely. I think in stories when you've got like a bunch of boring people and one interesting person the only you start to only be driven by that interesting person's actions and you're annoyed by everything else that happens rather than like having the writer force be forced to like think about like here are interesting ways for these people to interact like i think of like characters in wes anderson movies they're all kind of boring but they're just a little bit weird. I mean, Hickman's going to have to make an excuse for why Wolverine is there. Because it's not going to be about him. It's going to be, whoops, um, we were forced to do this. This is the, probably the one thing that was... I don't know. I think he them. will justify it. If That's what I'm will. saying. He's yeah. going to justify it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot intro- of... Um, not even gray stuff. It's going to be a lot of uh, summer's drama since... Drama! Can I, can I say <laughs> uh, kind of a semi-controversial opinion? Uh, I was not thrilled to see that Len Francis Yu is going to be the artist. Not because I don't think he's a good artist. You're a I, monster. But I think he's done so many iterations of the X-Men that it's not going to look new to me or different. Like, I wanted to see an artist who had not done a lot of X-Men stuff. The cover even reminds me when they relaunched Uncanny X-Men last year, the way that they're all kind of facing front, like they're like looking at the camera, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it looked just like Uncanny X-Men number one. I wanted to do a side-by-side to compare the two. I think I'd rather take um, good but a little bit predictable when it comes to the art rather mm. than like bad and unique. Because we've seen a lot of titles that haven't been done by uh, steadier hands. And it just like... Bodies look like they're in weird places. People are odder sizes. No, no, no. I get, I get that, like the kind of the really weird art, but I wanted to see an artist that hasn't been associated with X-Men before. And there were plenty of very talented people. I mean, think about the guy who's doing Silver Surfer right now. Uh, Travis, yeah. Travis Moore. Like he's got a very unique style, but it, he's very, very talented. They're awesome. worried about the flag. X-Men will be the flagship. So, so they really want someone that's an all-star talent. On yeah. It. Um, sure. All right, let's go. Let's to go on the next book. Let's go to talk about New Mutants because that's also written by Hickman. Yeah, Ed Brisson will also be writing it. So after the first, first arc. So yeah. obviously they're heavily involved. Um, they give a, a brief description of it. Um, it's the classic New Mutants: Sunspot, Wolfspan, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cipher. And they team up with Chamber and Mondo, which are from Generation X. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're seeking out their missing member. Who do we think it is? Is it, is it um, Penance or is it Cannonball? Is Cannonball was, in uh, space they're just... Gonna, they're not going to be hunting for Cannonball. He could he be is in, in space. space. He's in space with his family. Okay. Well, this seems very space with space family. Hillbillies. <laughs> you want to disturb him? Yeah, is he, he in, is he in space, Kentucky? Where I his mean, wife lives. So, where his children play with their toys. So husk, husk. Also, 
Husk from uh, Generation X and uh, Cannonball are both missing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a family connection that we're not oh, seeing, sure. too. Absolutely. Um, Magmus, Ed Brisson, Magmus somewhere also. Ed oh, Brisson yeah, is the only writer from this like previous run of X-Books that they're bringing over. Because yeah. he's the writer of X-Force, which just ended last week. He did uh, uh, Gen Next for uh, Age of uh, X-Men. And which was good. Which was good. It was the best of the run. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, and then he did um, um, ex- what was extermination? That was the that was mm-hmm. the major. So he's actually a fine writer, but it's interesting that they didn't start with a completely clean slate. They brought him over. Hickman said the most underrated mutant is uh, Cipher. I love Cipher. I me too. And he looks. Um, and he's ob- going to be super important because of you know the whole alien, not the Krakoan language. And he's yeah. merged with Warlock a little yeah. bit, or he's got a little bit of the techno. He's Duglock. 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 And um, so this is going to be penciled by Rod Race. R e i s Race. Race. I think Rass, I've seen some of his stuff Reese, before, but I don't. I don't remember his stuff. Rice, Reese, one of those two. German Rice. Could be. Um, But it looks very different, and it looks strange and unique. Is what the new mutants need to do. Yep. Uh, should we talk about Excalibur? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Excalibur number one, written by Teeny Howard, as Clark mentioned, she's going to be writing Strike Force for Marvel. She's written a bunch of other stuff. Um, she's, uh, I haven't read too much of her stuff, but she's supposed to be really talented. So the team is Betsy Braddock as the new Captain Britain. Um, and as white Betsy Braddock. Yes. Which I'm bringing up for a reason later. Uh, yeah. But they brought her, remember, they switched bodies. I know, I'm just yeah. saying yeah, yeah, yeah. they're purposely bringing a different oh, one in for Clark's a different reason. aware. Yeah. Uh, and it's got Jubilee, Gambit, Rogue, Richter, and Apocalypse. This is Question. such a weird Excalibur team. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it this is. looks like a fun globe-trotting, multiverse-trotting team that I like. It reminds me a lot of Gambit of the Externals. Remember that from Age of Apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, looks fun. I hate fifty to seventy percent of this. Who team. do you hate? Who do you like? Let's start there. Uh, I kind of like Richter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Richter's Richter. fine. He's gay uh, as fuck. I don't know. Uh, you don't like Captain Rogue? Woman. Captain you don't like Captain Rogue? Woman? Uh, Shug. Shug. I don't not like. You know Betsy Braddock. I've, I think I've only seen her in the annual and we and Astonishing yeah, X Men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, she's uh, Psylocke. Yeah. Oh, Florida. well, I don't know her. Holy moly. Because she's like, she's a different person now, right? She, no, she's she, original she had original person. person. Yeah, she's the original. But like, she's still, she was still Psylocke. You she's know what? Actually, then Captain I Brit. don't like her that much. Okay. Oh, wow. Why is Brent on this podcast? I'm okay with Apocalypse, but he's kind of a tool. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bad guy. We'll see he's what a happens. bad guy. Yeah, but Magneto's a bad guy, and I kind of. No, like Magneto him. is right. Apocalypse oh. isn't so right. No, and then um, it will be penciled by Marcus Toe. Uh, yeah, talented artist. Uh, let's toe the line, bitch. Let's go on to Marauders. No, no, it's Marauders. Marauders. You forgot six R's. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Marses, thank you for an yeah. extra S. Uh, and it's written by uh, uh, Jerry Dugan, who is a longtime Marvel writer. He's written Gary. Deadpool. Is it Gary? I have no idea. Is it Larry? <laughs> it's Gary, it's, Larry, Jerry? It's gotta be Jerry. Yeah. It's pronounced Gergish. It's spelled G E R R Y. It's Jerry. Jerry. It's a soft G. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. he worked on Deadpool for a while. He did. It was pretty good. Did he do the post Bendis run of Guardians? That sounds right. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a fine writer. He's not somebody that blows me away, but I think he's, he's very talented. 
Uh, and it's uh, drawn by Matteo Lolly. What a great last name, Lolly. Uh, yeah. Suck on that. Um, uh, he did uh, Asgardians of the Galaxy. The artist? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. So this is like the pirate book, apparently? Yeah, it looks crazy. Yeah, we, we were all like, it's getting too spacey. Bring it back to Earth. Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to Earth. <laughs> but circa 1754. Yeah, but it's, they're really accurate pirates. Yeah. So Captain All Kate, the rape and stuff is involved. Let me let me just give you a little rundown. If you if you liked me doing a lot of R's before, wait till you hear this. Uh Irma Frost. Irma <laughs> Bobby Drake. Uh, Captain Kate Pride, funded by Emma Frost. At the Hellfire Trading Company. Love what it. What the fuck? I love that. What I'm is that? I'm all about it. I'm, I then, love it. And then the team consists of Storm, Pyro. We don't know which Pyro. Bishop and Iceman. Everyone's alive again. It could be the old Pyro. It could be the new. I feel like this is your team, Ryan. Like, this is the team that you love the most. Well, you joke about this, but this is... Uh, I'm not joking. I'm no, being honest. Cena Grace said online that he's very mad because this is basically this- the team that he put together. It is. Oh. It's a hundred thousand percent. So I during his Iceman series, he had Cape uh, Kitty Pride. I guess she's going by Kate now. I guess she's older, and she also needs a tan on the cover. But besides, besides she's that, white as fuck. Oh my god, she looks jaundiced. Light yeah. just she faces has a through. Fiore strip on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. It really does look like that. Oh so, my god. but and then he incorporates uh, Pyro, which was in the series. Yeah. Bishop, but which, which was Pyro? in the series. It's probably the gay Storm one. Let's wasn't be in honest. It. Uh, Storm wasn't, but yeah, Emma, but what gay man doesn't love Storm? I mean, come on. But which pyro? That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just probably the one most likely to just throw. I don't care. Just move throw on. fire here's, in here's the Here's my one thing I've decided. R- seeing the Marauders logo, I realized I do not like the um, which call it? The, the grinder symbol? The, no, no, no. <laughs> the only thing I like in terms of the logo is the X Men logo. I hate the style of the rest. I just uh, you know, the M makes me want to punch someone in the face. That's a very it bad is design. Furious. I don't like it either. I hate it. I it hate looks it. very. So I said that I think Hickman is going after a late '80s like, like sort of aesthetic in some ways of like the books that he picked, and we'll finish going through them. And I'm wondering if that's if that is reflected in most of the logos, not the X Men one, but the other ones. Um, Look at that stupid skull on it too. The skull I like. Not have genitals. No, 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 no. He talks, okay? He no. talks. So, okay. The ne- the next one that I would like to discuss is <laughs> um is X-Force. It's written by Benjamin Percy, yeah, and penciled by Joshua Kasara. Um so the 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 cover that they have that they've been showing off is by Dustin Weaver and it looks sort of like anime inspired. Uh the right uh the the actual artist doesn't look as much like that in real life. But um, it's a, a team that consists of Jean Grey and Wolverine. They are overlapped with the other series. And then we have Sage, Domino, Beast, Colossus, Quentin Choir, and Black what, Tom. And Black, Black Tom. Black Tom. Where's Juggernaut, the bitch? They don't directly reference Black Tom, but we obviously see him on the cover. Yeah. Doesn't Beast look a little bit like the genie in Aladdin? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm liking that. Is that Will Smith? Beast. Yeah. I like this Beast. Oh, I like this Beast, too. Uh, Benjamin Percy, uh, I don't know if he's written any Marvel books. He's definitely done DC. He's written Teen Titans for DC. Uh, he's a pretty good writer. Uh, but clearly, uh, I don't like the way the X-Force logo looks. But this is... This I think is this one, is... I think this is the my one I hate the least of the non-X. Uh, yeah, it's probably... Really? It. The Marauders looks like shit. 
This one looks much better than that. Well, I like the way the X is kind of folded over, but I hate the way F-O-R-C-E looks. But this is probably my favorite lineup Team? roster. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's got it's got Quentin Quire, who I adore. It's got Domino, who I adore. I think Sage is an underutilized character. And Colossus, when written correctly, is one of my favorites. I really like the Colossus. Uh, shoot, I just lost her name in my head. Domino relationship that showed up. Oh, yeah. When was that? the Storm-led X-Men book. I don't remember. It was very short-lived. Oh, yes. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. The, all, the, all the all-female yeah. like, X-Men by no, Brian Wood. N- no, no, no. The one that followed that, that got rid of half the women. and sh- Well, no, they didn't follow it. They they added Colossus and I think another male to it. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember now. The, no. So they allude to a lot in this. They say X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world. So it's alluding to a lot of like what happens later. Potentially, they're all off-world and they're completely somewhere else different. Yep. And then last book, last but not least, is Fallen Angels by Brian Edward Hill, who I believe is writing Marvel for the first time as well. This looks like an anime porn. It looks like... The cover does not look great. Like if there was, you know, Nora Roberts or romantic <laughs> novels. Nora Ephron? Uh, is it she's Nora dead. Ephron? Is she? She's dead. Oh, well. Maybe she'll come back as an ex-woman. So it just looks like this like weird, sexy, romantic story. That you'd find on a paperback. But that's just the cover artist. Yeah. The name Fallen Angels sound like a big anime name, though. It does, but you do remember the... The, 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 the previous spin- team. Yeah, it was a spinoff of New Mutants. Mm-hmm. It's when like, Sunspot basically almost kills Cannonball when they're playing soccer. And mm. he goes off on his own, and they join, up with the, they join up with a Vanisher, who's like a Fagin-type character. And he has all these mutants committing crimes for him. This seems stupid. This serves the lobsters. The lobsters. The alien lobsters were in it. Uh, the brood? No, no. Lester Bill. Oh. And his sibling who got crushed by Devil Dinosaur. Oh, that's... <laughs> like, not joking. <laughs> Fucking deep cut, man. It was a weird group. Um, so the team is Psylocke, but it's Clark. It's Asian Psylocke. I said Quanon. That. Yeah. That's why I brought up... Yeah. Yeah, and uh, X-23, Laura, and Cable is in this as well. I wonder if anybody else is going to be in it. Like, it's one of the few things that he, which McCall Hickman did not get rid of is Young Cable. I like Young Cable. I prefer him to Old Cable. I don't hate him. Yeah. Um, He's cute. He, he is. <laughs> um, Brian Edward Hill is... Um, he's written stuff for DC, and he's got a, like, a, like a political tinge to his writing. Uh, and I think he's he's quite talented, so I'm very excited to see like what he brings. Um, I'm glad that like Ed Brisson's the only one that's like really kind of coming back, and everybody else is like pretty new to the X books. Talent, and even yeah. a little bit Marvel, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to? So we are going into this new era. We're already in. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm more yeah. excited um, than the last eras we were dealing with. Yes. But, but, but speaking of the old eras, uh, we do want to finish up on Age of X-Men. Um, Age of X-Men Omega came out last week, was it? Yeah. Um, and so this was a six-month exercise, mostly in futility. And it felt like exercise because it was work, it wasn't fun, and you never I see results from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got really hungry after. Uh, but it's so interesting to me, like, this Age of X-Men was, like, I think, like, the... Even if they didn't atten- intend it, it was the uh, end of the resurrection era of books, which started in 2017 and really is the reason that we exist. It's like we started doing this podcast right when that began. And it's so funny about how 90s nostalgia all of it was. You started with a blo- blue and gold team. You had a genera- Generation X title. You had a solo cable title. 
Um, and then eventually you kind of reached like sort of like the, the nadir of like 90s X-Men creatively and commercially, uh, like their inversion of Age of Apocalypse. But it was clear that like they didn't have uh, an end game to any of this, whereas Age of Apocalypse was going to lead to a lot of things moving past that past that that era. What a perfect ending. What a perfect way to just end this wandering segment of X-Men history. It's like, uh, this probably could have been done in half the issues. Yes. Uh, they all they knew did that. not need this they many were, titles. They were, they were buying time for Hickman to create this. Yeah. This is exactly what they were doing. They they basically told Rosenberg, do whatever the fuck you want. Kill multiple men 70 times. It doesn't this. matter. Because it, it doesn't Stretch matter. It All your no, stuff's going to be worthless. It matters. Everyone's going to be a tree egg and reborn, maybe, so it doesn't maybe matter. Maybe they just told him to be as bad as possible. So that we would be very happy. He with wasn't everything the problem. I think does. Age of X Man was actually worse. Uh I think no. I think you ever I see the I, same story in five different series? I just did. I read Age of well, X. Well, one was boring and one was just offensive. I, I think reading it together helps it for sure. Helps it does. I Re- think it becomes repetitive. When oh you God! No! 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 I think I think reading it all in so, one. You. Everyone had a realization that they had a former life, and then someone else went, "Nah." And that was every fucking issue yep. of this Age of X-Men crossover. Do you disagree? No, I agree. In some of the titles, yeah, but not I all I think of the them. only thing that I, well, as I've said multiple times, Next Gen was the only one I liked because it didn't play that way. Yeah. It didn't, and also uh, using Glob Herman and like his goo as a way of doing that, I think was a clever. They fleshed conceit. him out finally too, so it was oh. kind of. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to I, do that. I will say I did actually like uh, Omega. The, the final issue. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an interesting way of having them fight with each other about whether or not they should keep this society going. But it was, it was pretty rushed. And I had read, uh, the Uncanny X-Men comic first. Oh, where they so all came back. Like, okay. Well, they're going to come through a zipper in the universe. <laughs> You're not and, wrong. And they're going to be... It was a button fly, know, but okay. Who cares? Yeah. Wait, like, wait. Wasn't Nathan Summers X-Man... Wasn't he an Omega-level mutant? Didn't they say that at some point? I'm sure everybody was a fucking Omega-level mutant. Okay. Jubilee was an Omega-level mutant at one point in the 90s. Well, it's weird because we know that David Holler is an Omega-level mutant, and he was subjugated under... Nate Gray. Nate Gray. Nate Gray has got to be Omega level for sure. That's I, true. Yeah, I, I, I did. Maybe, maybe Legion later, you know, develops more power than him. But yeah, there, unlimited. There is something like the concept of it. I didn't hate because there's something about like the antagonist being. I am here to protect mutants. I don't want to subjugate them. I'm not trying to subjugate the human race. Uh, and this is the way I can do it. And it was like almost. It was his benevolence to try to create a utopia that was his undoing. And I think that was, there's something kind of like very beautiful and poetic about that. Agreed. It, it Execution was the problem. For sure. So I don't I, disagree with I, that. Okay. So to correct this, this is how I think it would have been better than five different series with like a starter Six. in it. Wow. Yeah. Even worse. Um, 
I think they should have done a weekly comic where you see one of these groups. You get a fully fleshed out, like you get into all of their mind. You get one week of them, then it goes to another bit. So you're jumping around. You're a little bit confused. You're not getting it's. They almost flushed it out too much. Where I was like, "Oh, Nightcrawler, uh, make sure he puts a night mask on before he it fucking goes to the theater what the game in the morning." Was too early. Yeah, it was. I we liked the first couple of issues because we were a little confused. Yeah, and I think they should have kept that kept that mystery. I think it would have helped them. The a lot. The other thing I would probably add is that when they go to a different group, they try and embrace more of a different style, like. Doing a noir story for Nightcrawler, even going trippier on the extracts. Yeah, for sure. Ironically, the books that I was looking forward to the most, Apocalypse and the Extracts, as well as uh, Extremis, uh, they were the worst. Oh, they were dreadful. They were the they were the worst of the series. And like, I mean, they're talented people who were part of it, but like, I was just like, what is the point of this? I never want to see Psylocke. Slowly crawling towards a Blob. Table. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were holding oh, hands at the end. Gross. They were holding hands still at the end. I mean, end. that was a yeah. cute romance, but it was a weird way to get there. Uh, I thought Next Gen. Oh, I, I think there. I think we all agree that Next Gen was the best. Yeah. And rereading it, uh, I kind of like Prisoner X a lot, but mostly I just like prison stories. I think that was the second best one. Um, and then in the middle, I would put Amazing X Men and Nightcrawler somewhere, and then the two worst were the ones I mentioned, Extremis and uh, Totally The last two issues of every single thing I had to read four times because I would skim it after a while. I just did not care. It was so done for me. And you didn't miss anything. No, Um, no. Well, it's over. We're in a new era. Um, Speaking of Legion that we talked about a a little bit earlier, uh, we reviewed uh, Legion uh, Season 3, Episode 5 this week. Um, what do you guys we, think? We are reviewing. Uh, no, I'm. I already. You did already did it. You're no, done. no. Let's I, turn this I did this off. on my this other podcast. Time travel. Got Kay- it. Kaylin, do you want to do a recap? No, not really. Uh, okay, Clark. Okay. You, that was a me. That was a me thing to yeah, say. Oh fuck no! I don't uh, want to do okay. a recap. Well, I guess uh, I'll try and do a recap. Uh, the gang is trying to uh, avoid uh, David Holler, uh-huh. and so they decide to go into low Earth orbit. With their little spaceship. Okay. And then David Holler finds them because uh, the Shadow King lets them him know, hey, by the way, I'm in a spaceship in space. Uh-huh. And then David Holler shows up, throws everyone into uh, Earth's outer atmosphere, and then... Uh, they sing. They sing a little song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, what's so wrong gets, with... he gets a uh, switch back. Yeah. And I remembered her name. Switch. 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 Um, I like the episode. It was fun. Yeah. It uh, it was kind of weird and trippy, like fucking every other episode. I I thought it was delightful. I liked that they killed people. I'd like to see more death. Well, so David kind of made this point because I felt like all the death and like the memory wipe of whatever the director of uh, Division Three's husband. Oh, Clark's husband. That it's supposed to feel impactful, and then. They're killing, all these, they're killing all these major characters, yeah. and you're supposed to feel something, but David keeps reiterating, by the way, if I just go back in time, I can undo all of this. Which is what he did before Age of Apocalypse. So... You remember that? But, like... <laughs> you you turned your head and looked at me so fiercely. The, I loved it. The, yeah. show, <laughs> the show didn't make those deaths feel impactful in a way that, like, oh, maybe he can't undo it. Like... It doesn't. I don't feel anything watching these characters. Die I don't either because I've realized I don't care about these characters. I admire the show for its visual uh, flourishes. I admire it for some of the storytelling techniques. I have decided I cannot get 
uh, at all uh, involved with any of these characters. Now, you say that, but do you agree when it comes to Lenny? Because her saying, I'm going to fucking stab myself in the throat rather than be a part of your team. Loved it. Love her. Totally. Her choice. Aubrey uh, Plaza is the crown jewel of this whole fucking thing. Every scene she is in, she fucking steals it. And I actually felt something when she died. The others, I couldn't care less. Uh, I, said, I said, kill Carrie faster. Why is she fighting? <laughs> Why is she fighting so much? I did kill feel her. something there, which was joy. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm Even with, with Lenny, like, again, Aubrey Plaza is a goddess. Freaking love her. I, and the character is probably the best in the show. Even then, I'm like, I, I don't have any emotional connection. None whatsoever. Clark, what do you think? Once again, like the first two seasons, oh, no. I've this given is up gonna on be, it. This is going to be about rape now. again. I just don't care anymore. I'm with you. Clark it's and I, Clark and I uh, uncharacteristically no, no. agree, which is weird. I feel it's, it's just, I don't know why. Every single time, I'm just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I, well, this is so amazing that it, Noah Hawley has done this because I, I know Brent's seen them. And I the first three seasons of Fargo... I care so much about the characters that when they are in harm's way, like I get anxious. Right. Uh, and he is capable of doing that. But in this show, I feel no stakes. I feel no weight for these characters. It, to me, it feels like almost meta storytelling where you're like, oh, here's how you become the bad guy. And here is the way that you like try and justify your actions. Yeah. But. I would enjoy that more if they actually reflected on some of the stuff we've talked about a bunch about the rape issues and what it means to actually kind of penetrate someone's mind and like, you know, invade their thoughts. Uh, but they don't really get deep enough into it to feel like even that is fulfilling. It, it's kind of half-assed. So you you almost realize that they probably are going to change it and they are going to do time travel to sort of undo it. Yeah. So it feels kind of less worth it. Also, switch just immediately she, joining. Yeah. I mean, well, Holler. that's part of her power. She can just switch oh. sides easily. <laughs> yeah. I just flip flop a lot. <laughs> no, no, I'm capricious. No, 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 no. I, I just don't have opinions. <laughs> that is actually a really funny superpower. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, uh, I'll just go wherever the wind blows. Yeah. Um, I'm anxious no, I- to see it done and just see how it ends. <laughs> just like, yeah. I, I've sort of distanced myself you're from gonna this being. You're going to end it? Is that what I'm going to end it. I, I think I've distanced myself from this being the Legion that we know from comics. Sure. I think we all agree. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like issue, the. I mean, episode like three of the first season. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mind the difference interpretation is just i don't have any connection to these characters i just don't should we talk about some comic books yeah the other ones that came out this week yeah That's it was a great week honestly great fucking week you want to start us off ryan yeah so we um we reviewed uh the history of the marvel universe and guardians of the galaxy uh both number seven, number seven yes yeah. thank you um uh they were both phenomenal uh history of the marvel universe I recommend for everyone, especially I, I think so many things are coming out right now. Like you see like these old uh, like like these old gods and then you see like the Eternals coming out. You see hear stuff about vampires like this is a great way to encompass all of that stuff and really like sort of sort of I will say kind of wrap your mind around how the Marvel Universe sort of it formed. made so much more sense. Right. Than the uh, than the grand design stuff. I was oh, like, oh, oh, I can, yeah, yeah. I can get. So this what's is happening. literally this is what happened. Right? Yeah, that's different. That's like that's the interpretation of one person reading X Men books versus this is like canon. 
This yeah. was like let's bring yeah, but, in the but, tiniest stuff. Like but, this, like we got some space whales in there. And we got the fourth host just bringing up their own creation. The fifth Hickman's element. shield, so, like so the just, first, the first inter- uh, of, of Imhotep in in Egypt fighting yeah. the Brood. That was like the first iteration of Shield. That was so weird. Brood got such fucking cut. It got so much screen time. Good job, Brood. Yeah. You're so moody. So broody. And the Uh, art was gorgeous. Uh, Really cool. uh, Um, I love it. Uh, It starts off basically with uh, Franklin Richards being the last surviving human. (laughs) The last molecules are being uh, basically destroyed in the universe. And that's like bringing up Hickman like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Why? Why? Because that was his uh, Hickman's like final big deals. Where all Franklin Richards, the most important thing here, and oh. he did that like, in Secret he's Wars. Going to be the yeah. last, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mark Way definitely embraced a lot of that stuff. It, I know, I know all these separate parts, but reading it all in the order just really made me wrap my head around it. I think yeah. any I, any like fan that of like the movies and stuff like that that don't really understand like the early Marvel universe stuff, I think it's fucking great for Well, it. I think that's high praise from you, Brent, who's like a little bit newer to this world, like thinking that like, this was very co- yeah, that too. Uh very this was coherent and and interesting at the same time. Well, it also like makes other things I've seen feel retroactively better. Yeah. So like understanding that the scrolls are created using like magical forces so that they have like an actual shape-shifting ability Mm -hmm. because my mind is naturally inclined to think like why would something evolve to be like that exactly and then you have to like suspend your disbelief but i put the pointy chin in the weird ears if someone have you seen your fiance if someone tells me oh these ancient mystical gods created it i'm like okay fine great go for it scrolls you be you not just like a million different gods like yeah and how they sort of like formed all together i yeah. i loved it it was great and so the next issue they're going to go into world war Two, like the beginning of the marvel era with like cool. the invaders yeah. captain uh, captain america human torch <laughs> there was a weird spotlight at the, the only thing only critique i have is why spotlight wolverine uh, and a small little boy was born well because he ultimately becomes the Phoenix, Jesus uh, Christ, Infinity uh, Gauntlet Force. Yeah, at, at the end of Thor. Yeah. So he's like a big deal. But they deal. didn't bring in Null, did they? Not yet. I don't think he brought in any of. I don't think of uh, uh, Donny Cates' stuff. Oh, Aaron, oh, you're right. Donny and Donny Cates. Yeah. Stuff. Well, no, they didn't bring up Null because Null's supposed to be. Oh no, that was. I don't know which one it was. They just combined together, and Null's supposed to be one of the first things in the universe, and they didn't put him in there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is weird. That's interesting. It's hmm. Like the it, second thing in the universe after. Um, Galactus. Galactus, because <laughs> they he go was from through the they go one. through uh, history and very quickly, and then get to human history, and then get to basically late human history. Yeah, it's like started, we're, we're yeah. at like 1903 now, and we're like, wow, that uh, one uh, issue is yeah, that yeah. they just like went. And the other through. ones are going to be so stretched out because I think October um, solicitation said it was like when the first Fantastic Four and stuff shows up, I'm like, Jesus, what are they going to have in there? So they're Something like do, that. It said, yeah. like, these new char- these new people that were literally 1960. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, Agents of Atlas, I think, will focus a lot on that. Like, they were the era between, like, World War II and, like, Fantastic Four, like, going up into space and getting their power. So yeah. Kudos to Mark, uh, Mark Wade because, it, it, especially with fanboys like Clark out there, it's got to be tough to include everything. And he's trying to do it all and he's grading it and oh, he's yeah. got his like red pen out too it's you got an a minus mark he's like let me find the most random 
like space characters ever and just bring these different alien cultures together. <laughs> yeah. This is your pornography, Clark. And it it's is. also mine. Can we talk Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. In other new beginnings this week, uh, so they, they closed out the sort of the arc last week uh, with issue six. Guardians of the Galaxy started <laughs> with, what's it called? The Church of... The Church Humanity? of Truth? The Church of Truth. Yeah, bitch. But it's a Church of Truth from the Truther. In space. Space. <laughs> the Church of Latter-day uh, Saints yes. of Truth. Um, I love the creation of the Church of Truth because it's by Jim Starlin, who created like Adam Warlock and did a lot of this, the cosmic stuff. He actually wrote the first Infinity Gauntlet series. Um, and he uh, he is notoriously anti-religion. Which I love. <laughs> I love it. I, these yeah, themes I are so strong, them. and I so love the Church of Truth. Yeah. They make very clear is different from the one you know. Is from the future, and they've got a super ship that um, it is powered by basically love. your will to live. Oh yeah. Uh, so it just takes all your will force, and then you kill yourself. Because you've got nothing else. No, it sounds like Catholicism to me. This was well, from they, they, the, the 3000 just... Guardians? Uh, it was that, but it was also uh, Adam Warlock's evil twin, uh, the Magus. They created, they created Magus. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying they dealt with him in the, in 3000, the Guardians 3000. They did? I thought, I I thought it was... so. He's deaf showing up, so, right? Oh, for sure. So Peter Quill gets a message from his father who is going to face off. Yeah. With the Church of Truth. Yeah. So Peter Quill races to go fight for him. And then they uh, end up on the actual ship among a bunch of uh, hentai tentacle porn. And yeah. then we find out that the Church of Truth is being run by none other than a version of his father. Yeah. Is it a version of his father? I thought he became... I don't it's know. Just I think he's Half of his face is purple. So. Yeah. I thought it was just his father had been changed. Yeah. Some it looks like something in keep, between obviously. the that blip and now. Oh, because I presumed he was the same guy who had walked oh, out maybe. when the Nova Corps. Oh, you're right. I have no uh, idea. No, I think I think that those are just different acolytes because it's when he was sending the communication to his son. They had the blip or whatever it was, yeah. and, and his then, eyes changed. In and it. his eyes changed, and so I think I think they just they recruited him to be another like high priest or I whatever. See. My, my only beef with this thought it was a great issue. Yeah. Love the new direction of guarding to the ga- galaxy. Why do you always got to kill the fucking Nova? Well, course? I like, they were like, oh, they're all dying except for, uh, Richard Ryder and, uh, and some others. And Wait, like, everyone's well, here except Richard Ryder. Yeah, it was like, and a bunch of others. They're well, all the red shirts from the original star Trek series. Totally. Always. It's like, Oh, here's cannon fodder. It, it, the okay. Nova Corps. I mean, Nova Corps are the green lantern of, the fucking Marvel Universe. Yeah. They kill those bitches all the time. No, all not, of the time. They kill Nova more than the Green Lantern. It's uh, tough to be a space police out there. So the two things I love about this book is the name of the ship, Starship Bowie. Fucking, fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. The other, what were the other two names? He was, he was, uh, oh, he was doing, um, like Phoebe Cates, I want to say, and like another, like, 80s, like, no, or 90s it babe. wasn't Phoebe Cates. It was, it was someone else that he was in love with. Um, who was it? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Phoebe Cates. Um, Gizmo oh, from Grimlins. I'm sorry, Bowie <laughs> is not 80s. Bo- Bowie is universal. Uh, he started in the oh, fucking. He's gonna do uh, the Geller, what old people the say. Geller? Oh, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller. Geller. Yeah, or the Bulk. Oh, Faruza Balk. Faruza Balk from uh, from the cra- from the craft. No, you don't know Faruza Balk is. No, I'm sorry. Holy shit. I'm Brent, sorry, she was in uh, Almost iconic. Famous. She's great. I don't the know. Craft. I don't know her. Waterboy. 
Um, <laughs> she was her most famous. Oh girl. no, I don't know that either. <laughs> Brent's never seen a movie in his life. Uh, but uh, and then also the big last page reveal is Rocket. Rocket's back, which we knew was going to happen, but it was a cool reveal. And suffering from anemia. Yeah, he's pretty that sickly there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all we've got. I think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a weird way to end. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, next issue is our hundredth anniversary issue, yeah. and we'll have some pew, special pew, stuff. Pew. Uh, uh, uh. Oh no, balloons fell everywhere. Ninety-nine red balloons for our no. ninety-ninth issue. Luftballons. Oh. Yeah, Luftballons. Uh, but we're going to talk about Pox, uh, powers of ten, number one, and how it uh, intersects with House of X, uh, some other comics, and Legion episode six. Sounds right to you? Yeah. All right. That's right to me. I'm confused by it too. Yeah. But what are you, you gonna do? Are you gonna <laughs> you gonna end us? Uh and with that, I'm gonna end it.